0: On being an effective non-executive director. Wow. It's one of the most frequently asked questions I hear. What does it take to be an effective non-executive director? So in this podcast, we focus exactly on this question. I'm delighted to talk with Mariana Luna. Mariana has a 35-year long executive career in investment banking, commercial lending and asset management in London, New York, Chicago and Zurich with global organizations and now serves on various boards, all in financial services for already more than 12 years. And she does so all over the globe. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. I'm Dr. Sabina Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating Better Boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. Our clients have access to an innovative digital platform they can use for the internal and or as part of a fully facilitated external evaluation. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Marianne, thank you so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series.
1: Thanks, Sabina, for having me on this podcast.
0: I particularly appreciate it because I know you are just about to jump on a plane, yet another plane, to South America. So thank you for squeezing us in.
1: Thank you so much. And let me just take a moment to thank the members of the audience for joining in and listening. It's always a pleasure to talk with you about the director role, corporate governance, and how to be effective.
0: Let's jump straight in. I mean, you had a very successful career in the financial services industry, and then you embarked on this career on boards. You are now serving for already over 12 years boards in financial services institutions. What attracted you to actually doing this, switching from your executive career to a career on boards in the first place?
1: You know, it's absolutely true. I've been on boards and various committees in Latin America, the Caribbean, and Europe for 12 years now, and I have to observe that time flies when you are having fun. (laughs) A few thoughts to your question. I'd like to believe that all board members want to bring their expertise and learnings to make a difference for the companies they serve, and I would say that certainly was my starting point. I welcome switching from a daily operating and implementing focus, one focused on strategy, which is a key role for any board. But more importantly, I also wanted to refocus on emerging markets and work with companies where I thought I could make a difference for their clients and societies. And by this, I mean furthering economic development and best practices in ESG. And I thought that being on a board especially given such a long career in financial services, would be a great way to do this.
0: What's unique, Mariana, what you have done, most directors we come across in our board evaluation, they serve on boards in one or two countries. And if they want to really spread their wings, they serve on boards in different industries. But they pretty much stick to what they know, (laughs) to the country they know. You did something quite different. I mean, you only serve on boards in the financial services industry, but you do this really worldwide. So let's unpick this a little bit. What are, in your view, the benefits to focus on serving on boards in one industry only?
1: I think if you're in one industry, you end up having very strong content, and this allows very quickly for you to become effective because you already understand the related subject matter. I also think coming from financial services, this means that I already understood the issues typically facing management and the boards, and by these I mean the competitive environment the regulatory framework, as well as the need to engage change and be truly client focused, you might think that a one industry focus narrows your potential impact. But I would argue that many of the areas boards focus on, such as risk, strategy, and innovation, are fungible to other industries and are common factors which all companies engage. And I'd also like to add that Diversity comes not only from having board members from different industries, typically members have a diversity of thinking and backgrounds which enrich the discussion and decision-making process. And that's been my experience um, across the board.
0: In contrast to a lot of board members we know, you really serve across borders. You mentioned in developing countries, but what's the attraction for you to serve on boards really worldwide? I mean, the Caribbean, South America, Europe… It's quite different culturally and also from the way corporate governance is approached.
1: True, and it also requires a different wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say no one country or company has a monopoly on best practices. And that having worldwide experience in a way naturally creates a diversity of perspective and experiences. And I think that's always a good thing. And by working in several countries, this has allowed me to see similar opportunities and challenges, but from different angles, as well as to develop a view on best practices. It's been personally challenging because while financial industries are very similar across these countries, the local variation is often a new dimension. So different countries have different trends. And I think in the end, that creates a portfolio of situations which can be used all over the place with the boards that I served.
0: And you must have collected a lot of air miles.
1: That's true also. (laughs) And a lot of backache on on those airplanes.
0: What makes, in your view, coming back to the title of this podcast, what makes, in your view, an effective non-executive director? A question I'm asked so many times.
1: This might might take a little bit for me to answer because there are just so many ways of approaching this question. So I would say about effectiveness. Let's start when board members are selected. Typically they should have a clear idea about what they bring to the party. In other words, what value is the collective board hoping they will deliver? That's an absolute must in order to be effective as a non-executive director. So first off, What immediate role are you likely to play, and to what end? Then comes the hard work, which is engage in active listening, understand the center of gravity in the board, the dynamics with management, and the culture, and I underline that again, the culture of the company. So, not every company will answer these questions the same. Is this a company where there is transparency? Are there hidden agendas? Are the real decisions made in or out of the boardroom? The answers to these basic questions shape personal strategy as how to best engage issues, understand the decision-making framework, risks, and your approach. You as the single board member, your approach to influencing issues raised in outcomes. It's a huge investment in thought capital and time and commitment.
0: Say, in your view anything specific in the financial services industry?
1: Well, certainly financial services has been going through a tremendous amount of change in the last 10 years especially. And I think the competitive environment has become more complicated given fintechs and other industries disrupting right, left, and center. While we're not really worried about supply chains as a manufacturing company, we still have to worry about the impact of all of the world change on our clients and whether or not we're still align, aligned with them. I think this means that board members cannot rely on historical experience to deal with some of this. In this context, effectiveness means engaging a new horizon and translates into tech-savviness and considering new business models and innovation. So to be effective here, we board members might need to not only know the questions to ask, but actively fill our digital gaps for more informed decision-making. So, I would say it is important to stay current while thinking ahead, and the financial industry has a lot of those elements.
0: Our listeners really love very practical tips and tricks from our contributors. How do you stay current, Marianne? How do you do it?
1: I would say I do it through many ways. I have networks, I have different experiences, and I talk to those people on a regular basis. I also read a lot of studies from consultants about trends, Mm -hmm. which can affect my company and the countries and where we are. I think a lot, I pay a lot more attention these days to macro political environments in case sudden changes could have an impact on the company. So I think there are just many ways of trying to keep my ear to the ground, and it's both micro and macro, and it's continuous, and also trying to be more forward-looking as possible is key to this, given the strategic role that we have as board members. Are you seeing that this is what other board members do?
0: I mean, it varies. I mean, you hear quite often in these board evaluations a divide between executives and non-executives, and clearly... Lately, I've seen increasingly that executives believe that their board members are not keeping up to date. <laughs> there are some, even some interesting studies out that report on this divide. I reported on it in, in some LinkedIn posts. Some numbers are absolutely shocking. I mean, that two-thirds of executives believe that certain members on their board should not be there, that they don't keep up to date. I mean, that's shocking. So I'm, I find it refreshing to hear what you do. Of course, I know some non-executives who do this as well, but it's a real encouragement to do something outside the appointments to proactively go out and seek that knowledge.
1: Actually, you know, one of the things I'm considering, given that almost all young people have in common a background in coding, mm. is to take a course on how to code starting with Python, because in the end our clients are moving in that direction and that digital world shapes a lot about what will happen in the future and one of the issues that we board members have is that mostly we're all of a certain age. I've seen that several board members can't even manage their cell phones. So I'm thinking about taking a coding course as one very tangible way to get up to speed.
0: Let's move on to some other practical things, because as I said, our listeners are always eager to hear about tips, tricks. What do you do, Marianne? How do you actually prepare for board meetings?
1: What I've noticed in some board meetings is that not every board member has read the entire packet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Board 101. I read the entire pack, even footnotes. And then I like to see if progress has been made in the points and hopefully this is captured in matters arising. A company that doesn't have this matters arising makes it more difficult for board members to think what happened before and what's the status. It then becomes incumbent upon the board member to remember the pending items. I hope that as a best practice companies have matters arising. So I always pay attention to matters arising and the status of the points that I and other board members have raised. Then I start taking notes on the areas which concern me uh, given the upcoming agenda. And as I reflect on that, and hopefully the minutes and the board materials have been delivered on time, if I see some issues that aren't clear or that I want to understand a little bit more then in advance of a board meeting I will often confer with other board members to see what their thoughts are. I think it's good for points that can be controversial to gain some outside boardroom understanding of what other people think. Doing it in, in the boardroom can be embarrassing for some people and nobody ever appreciates that so all these actions reading the notes and thinking about the issues and talking to my fellow board members these narrow down what i need to bring up at the board meeting because typically these board meetings have a large agenda and you don't want to get bogged down in operating details we want to make sure that we stay focused on the most important points and that we're looking at the implementation of a long-term strategy. So my own way of thinking about it is that quality, not quantity, is the goal. But one has to pay attention to the details that management presents uh, because you never know what's buried in those board packs.
0: Mariana, so you proactively actually reach out to board members and also to executives in between board meetings?
1: I think it depends on the issue. Sometimes. I mean, when there are developments in between board meetings, some of the executives call each board member so no one is caught unaware. Not all CEOs do this, but some of the best ones do, and I always appreciate that.
0: Let's move on. What do you actually do during a board meeting? What do you think makes you or what makes non-executive directors effective during a board meeting?
1: I think I'm listening actively for what are the key issues for each agenda item. And I'm thinking about those things within the context of what we all know we're supposed to be doing. And we've all heard this before. Delivering insight, oversight, and foresight. I admit hindsight might be important too, depending on the situation. And sometimes board meetings can be a little too much hindsight and not enough thinking into the future and what's happening around the strategy and upcoming changes. How do we stay relevant to clients? So insight, oversight, foresight probably would be my favorite part of the board. Hindsight, that's important if we're tackling problems that are still unresolved. So I'm looking for what are the key issues affecting the strategy and the health of the company. I expect them to be raised. If not, I hope that I'm raising them. And I hope that management engages those topics, that we have a way of validating those issues that makes for a very informed discussion. And in the end, everyone should feel clear when we leave the meeting about what we're doing and where we are going. If that's not clear, I sometimes reach out to the executives and say, I wasn't quite certain where we all ended the meeting. Um, Here are the messages I got out of the meeting, is that, are those your takeaways also? Each meeting with clear messages and understanding what is the process for follow-up and are there any key changes that we need to consider, that for me is a meeting that's powerful. And I have to say, people, there are some who do that, and they do it quite well.
0: These were a lot of great practical tips and tricks here. Now, sadly, we have to come to an end. I'm looking at the time. and We always ask at the end, what are the three things our listeners should take away from this podcast? I
1: think my first point would be around personal effectiveness, and that is, You will only be effective as a board member if you have effectively and affectively, so emotional resonance, affectively, spent the time to build relationships with other board members and management. You have to know that you cannot operate in a vacuum and you have to build trust. So I think that's the foundation for everything. Secondly, I think boards have strong DNA toward consensus. So pick your battles and avoid peer victories. To be effective when there are strong differences, it's important to understand others' views, how to assess the impact of the choices at hand. I think this point is very important. Have courage and stand up for what you think is right. Silence does not serve the business. And then last but not least, know the details of the business but let management do their job. Stay strategically focused wherever possible and keep the company focused on the long term. I think those would be my three major takeaways.
0: Marjana, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much. A very rich podcast. Thank you so much for contributing to the Better Bots podcast series. Thank you.
1: And if anyone has anything to add to what I've said, I'm also open to hearing back from your public.
0: Fantastic. So listeners, get back to us. Thank you. How can we help you and your board? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. And as Marjana said in the podcast, feel free to reach out to us about this podcast, about our work. If you want to see a demo of our platform, we really are always delighted to talk. You can best reach us at info at better Thank you for listening.